Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Good day, everyone. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and I'm so excited to share with you today's episode number 54 with Corey interviewing Lee Neenheis on her countercultural parenting book. Do you ever feel like you're all alone in parenting or influencing the kids in your life? When you hear the word character, do you look at this world and this rising generation and just think, we are way too far gone? Well, Lee felt this exact way. And today, she'll share with us how she woke up one morning to a voice whispering, raise that child who's going to love Jesus all of his days. Raise a child of character. And she'll give us some tips to do just that with the children in our own lives. Before we dive in, don't forget to go to our website, Bible2School.com. That's Bible2School.com. And find today's show notes to get the resources that we talk about. You can also join our conversation by subscribing to this podcast and our blog. Are you ready to hear how character change can happen in our culture and our home? Let's lean in and listen as Lee talks to Corey about how this all starts with us. Well, welcome, Lee. You are certainly no stranger here to the podcast, and we are always excited to have you back. You are one of our co-hosts, but you also are an author, and we had you back a while ago for a book you had authored. And this time we have a new one to talk about, and I'm excited to tell our audience. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Well, Corey, you know how much I love you can tell the children podcasts and our listeners and Bible to school and obviously you. So it is a gift to get to be back. Well, I'm leaning heist to those of you who don't know me. And I am a friend of Bible to school, but I also am a wife to my husband, Mike. We live at a Christian camp and conference center in West Michigan. And we have four great kids. They're all teenagers right now. So I need Jesus like I need oxygen. <laughs> You certainly do. They're fun. They're fun, these teenagers, though. Yeah, they're so fun. I just love Jesus, and I'm passionate about the gospel and getting it to the next generation. So, of course, Bible to School and I are very like-minded. <laughs> you've been up to a lot, though, recently. I'd love for you to tell our listeners what you've been doing, even since March, since we talked to you. Well, it's so fun. I'm always writing and speaking. That's one of the things I love, but God has opened up a door through an organization called Live Global to be able to do that at a global level, to help strategize and reach people with the gospel. It feels like I'm living in Mission Impossible, Corey. It's just, <laughs> and not like it's an impossible mission, but like we are talking about how to get the gospel into places that are unreached by the gospel and that are hostile oh. to the gospel. And it's just wow. it's so fun to be on a team that is working to reach the ends of the earth. Well, honestly, in our culture, sometimes it feels very hostile to the gospel, especially like when we work in the public schools and not that anybody is doing anything. It's just a place we are where 
God is not there and always, and kids don't know who God is. So we're excited to tell kids about God in the public schools, just like you are in this, in this new adventure you are on. But tell us about this new book release, this countercultural parenting. That's what it's called, which is a great title for such a time as this. You couldn't have planned the release of this book any better. So what inspired this writing? I mean, what's this all about, Lee? Mm, such a good question. Well, the truth is, is that it was about two election cycles ago. And I was looking at the news. And of course, like many of us, I was feeling like, Lord, what is happening in our culture? I was asking, why aren't we electing people of character? And I wondered if we were too far gone for that. Simultaneously, some character issues were being revealed in my children that were surprising because, Corey, I was like, I've raised you better than that. You know and love Jesus. And I began to see that there was a disconnect between what we were seeing said at a public level and done in private times and private Mm. lives. And so it was in that moment of the election that I woke up before I even looked at my cell phone to see who had won. I just said to the Lord, Lord, it feels like character has last. Are we too far gone? And I feel, I know it, like I know my name, that the Lord whispered back to my heart, raise that child, raise the child who's going to love Jesus all the days, raise a child of character. So that's basically what I've sought to do. But Corey, it's not just in the culture at large, it's even in Christendom, because from the beginning of writing my book till the end, when it was published, we had to remove three people that I quoted because they had been found trapped in character issues. And it was just so discouraging and yet made it even more poignant at the time of the release. Wow. It is hard. It is hard because culture is shifting sands. And if you are on it, you are shifting, you know, and as, but God is the rock. And when you stay on that, sometimes it doesn't feel good. Always the waves are crashing on it sometimes, but I tell you what, the only thing you can take to heaven with you is your character. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to shape that and mold that. And, and here you can tell the children, we tell all the adults out there that are listening that you are helping to shape the character of these children. But to dive into some of your quotes, that's what I love about you. You have all your catchy phrases. I've learned a lot of those from you. You say that change can happen in our culture, home and children, but that it starts with us. So how can you encourage our audience? That's not an impossible task because we're imperfect people. Like what's the first practical step they can take to walk out this change? Yeah, I, it's such a good question. I really think just to jump back for a hot second that our people, our, our co-workers in Bible to School are not only courageous and reaching the next generation with the gospel, they're modeling something that they may not see at home. And so when they are loving and when they're serving and when they're patient, all of those things model character to those kids. And that's a great big thank you from us. But also, I feel like one of the first steps is to just get right in front of our eyes why character matters and where it comes from. And that was one of the questions I was asking is, why are there some things that society deeply, still deeply values, even though it's rogue? And so that's like, why do we still value the truth? I mean, everybody Mm -hmm. in a culture knows they don't want to be lied to. 
Right. And why does it matter that things belong to us? And why do we still value charity Mm -hmm. and those kind of things? We still value love towards us. And what I've learned, Corey, in all of this is the things that society values and even we as Christian values, love, hard work, integrity, honesty, all of these things that we value are found in the nature of God. Like, of course, it all comes back to God. Yes, it does. (laughs) Of course, it does. It's it's not only found in God, it's found in the person of Jesus. And so we always say, you know, we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, but that's Mm -hmm. actually true that everybody has a God-shaped hole and the things that we long for the most at the core of us are actually found in who he is. So of course, there's a God-shaped hole. He left it there, you know, to point us towards him. So when we we recognize that character is found in God and comes from God, like he is the defining point, then it makes it easier to set our compass and go, character is found in who God is. We see it in the person of Jesus. And our job is to be conformed by the Holy Spirit into the image of Jesus, you know? And so it's like not really swimming upstream, it's actually participating in what God wants to do in us. So that's what we begin to do. Oh, I love that. That is so true. One of the things too, you were saying about character of God. Yeah. Every week at Bible to school, we're teaching kids their different character traits. And we are saying there's a God who loves you. There's a God who has a plan, a purpose for your life. And all those things is funny because some of our, our people who financially, kindly financially give to us, donate, they might not all be Christians, but they all see the value in investing in kids' character. And that, that's what I'm hearing you say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, most people still long to experience character in their lives. And that is how we participate with God even before we know it, is that we feel the pleasure inside of us when we deny ourselves and do something that honors another. It's a beautiful thing. And actually, it helps conform them into the image of Jesus too. That's right. That's right. Now, you also said Jesus did not come to set us free from obedience. He came to set us free for obedience. Talk to me about that. What does that mean? Mm, I love that. Well, this is the question that everybody's asking, like, how much can I do and how much can I get away with? And especially if the kids ask Jesus to be their savior, then how long a leash do I have? And that's actually the wrong question. The question is, how can I honor God with my life? And we understand that when we sin and we depart from his way for us, the consequence actually is that God lets us get away with it because sin Mm -hmm. is a consequence in and of itself. But when we walk back towards who the father is and we, we cast aside those sinful ways, we have been set free from those ways to head back towards the goodness of God and what he longs for our lives. So asking how much can I get away with is always the wrong question. So we're coaching our kids to love God by obeying him. And that shows love. It's not you know, something that kind of boxes them in. It's something that actually sets them free and gives them that relationship with God. Absolutely. Galatians says that. It says, do not therefore let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. 
which kids aren't probably going to understand that. But it's bondage. When we go into a place of refusing to obey the heavenly father, what happens is that we become bound again when Christ has died to set us free. Why would we head back towards the things that would hurt us? It just doesn't make sense. And I think speaking that into the lives of our children is such freedom. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. How did Jesus come to this earth? In the Gospels, we read that Jesus came to this earth as a newborn baby through the work of the Holy Spirit, through Mary. At Bible to School, we love to tell the Christmas story and celebrate the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. Our kids are amazed to think about Jesus being a kid, just like them. Because of his life here on earth, we have the confidence that Jesus truly knows us and truly cares about us. Talking about coaching our kids, not just disciplining them, this sounds like relational to me. It's what's a huge part of Bible to School is all about relationships. So what more can you tell us about coaching our kids and how to do this with the kids in our lives? Well, Corey, we don't parent by herd or we don't coach kids by herd, we coach them as individuals. And so that means we recognize the strengths and the weaknesses of the one. But I really think that a lot of people play whack-a-mole with discipline. (laughs) It's like hit or miss, hit or miss, when what we really need to do is be consistent in that way, disciplining them and coaching them so that they know what to expect from us. Because then We're imaging God again. He is always consistent. He doesn't change. His standard doesn't change. It remains the same. So no whack-a-mole discipline. But also coaching means recognizing the strength that is in them and calling that out. Just like if our kids play soccer, we're telling them what they did well too because we want to see that develop more and more in them. So this actually means that we catch them doing things that are right too. And we honor that inside of them. One of my kids, Ryan, is very generous. I think his love language is probably gift giving. And he is the most thoughtful boy. And he it's not unusual for him to give away all the money that's in his wallet to somebody. Recently, he was at a vacation Bible school and he won an RC car as like the grand prize. And about 20 minutes later, we were walking to the car and he didn't have the RC car. And I said, right, where's your car? And he said, well, there's a little boy who was here and I think he needed that car. And I just like blessed. So coaching in that moment is not a discipline moment. That is a moment to embrace the strength that we saw there and go, you know, buddy, when you were doing that, When you gave in that way, that sure looked a lot like your heavenly father. Wow. I'm so, so proud of you. Oh, I love calling out things like that in my kids too. And in in the Bible to school kids as well, their faces light up. And that is just precious because it is a character of God. You're right. uh, Loving God and loving others like like God loves us. It's, It's beautiful. We have something happening exciting in the Bible School staff this couple of months. Uh, we had one of our staff have a new baby and she, it was beautiful and straight from heaven. However, you know, kids get sick and all those things. And I totally related thinking of newborns and all that stuff. Uh, she's, she's a beautiful newborn. But I totally related with your words about losing your mind when circumstances are out of control. I guess I went straight to newborn with that one. But how, can you quote the rest of that for me? Parenthood is laced with circumstances 
that are out of our control. And this can either drive us out of our minds or straight to our knees. Corey, you know that's that's true. I mean, when Mm. they lay a baby into our hands, it's like our heart arrived there too. And that's whether they were adopted kids or whether they're biological kids, your heart just is with them. And once they're outside of us, we cannot protect them as well as a heavenly father. And I just, prayer is the way that we can still cover and tie ourselves to them by heart. And so Hudson Taylor says, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. And so I think that when we are freaking out about the things that happen in parenting, or we see holes in their character, or we feel like they're stepping into dangerous waters, which Corey, you and I both have had kids that have walked a little bit, made choices that we wish they hadn't. And Yet, prayer is the thing that ties us to them that they cannot remove. There was a time when my sister was walking in rebellion and she has always given me the permission to tell this story. But I just said to her one day, Casey, I'm praying for you. And she said, stop praying for me. And I looked back at her and said, make me. Like you just can't, (laughs) you cannot stop someone's prayers for you. And that is the best gift that we could give to our kids is our surrendered trust with their lives. So we're not controlling, but also asking God for that covering, asking him to work in the quiet of their heart. And that's only work he can do. And so really, I think we can go out of our minds trying to control or manipulate or become fearful or drawn towards anxiety when what God wants the most for us is to hand that child to him and say, you work. You work, this is out of my hands. Yeah, and I can't do it better than God. Why do I think I can? I mean, I I love to control things, <laughs> ask my kids, but he loves them even more than I do. And so that prayer part of it is just giving the reins that I really never had back to God. But, you know, do you have any personal stories of a time or a situation, man, that was so out of control that prayer was all you could do? I feel like I live in the middle of this. I've had a daughter with special needs and When she was 18 months old, I recognized it for the first time. And Mm. I could not make that child talk. I couldn't control the outcome of the battery of tests we were going through, but I could pray. And I knew that God had brought us to this moment with her. I couldn't deny it. And I could see his handiwork all over it. And at the time when the doctor called, for the first time and let us know what the disability would be or identified what it was. I was in Target Mm. the day after Christmas in the wrapping paper aisle, buying up the 90% off wrapping paper. (laughs) And I was like, I am not in a good place to receive this news. And Mm. I remember thinking as I was driving home, I don't even know how to process this. And Corey, I wish that I could say that it went away. But the truth is, is that this is a disability that will be with her for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me all the time to pray. And the Heavenly Father has just shown me in so many ways, He is working and He will carry her. It's so beyond me. And I've seen Him work in miraculous ways in her life, in ways that I could never articulate. And she sees God differently than the rest of us do. She knows an intimacy with him that is so different than I do. And so I not only have been praying for her whole life, 
but I've seen him work in ways I never could. It's so encouraging. That is wonderful. It's hard. It's very hard as a mom to love your kids like that. That is beautiful. Now, this may be hard for you, but can you give us your number one takeaway that you hope this book will leave with our reader and our listeners? You know, I think it's that Christ is worthy of our parenting long and hard. Christ is worthy of the effort and he partners with us in the middle of this. I think that was something that I just was like, oh, this is so difficult. And when I realized actually I'm co-laboring with Jesus in the life of my child mm-hmm. and he is more invested than I am, I all of a sudden recognize I have a resource that is limitless in power, limitless in knowledge, limitless in creativity. And All I need to do is seek him and that he promises he will be found by us. And I think that's good news is that it really is partnering with God in the lives of our children personally, but also this is the part I just love the most is that in the lives of kids who are not our own, we are still partnering with Jesus and we can still help shape their character. Yes. And show them God. It's thrilling, Corey. It's thrilling. People don't really realize how much uh, influence they have until they look around them, don't they? It's so funny. I got a letter a few years ago from a girl that had been in youth group when I was serving as a youth leader in our church. And she's grown and has a baby now. I saw her at a golf course the other day and she walked over and it was still just as important to her important to her now to have a conversation with me as it was then. And I just, she had written me a letter saying, thank you so much for the influence that you had in my life. And I just, that is the good stuff, Corey. (laughs) When we work in the lives of kids, we're putting stuff into the spiritual bank. And sometimes the Lord lets us see the fruit of it. And sometimes he doesn't. But what we know is it it never, ever is worth nothing. It is always going to bear good fruit. And we're helping to shape the character of kids in this culture, just kind of trying to pull them away. And you know what? It is a beautiful thing to do. So thank you for writing this book, Countercultural Parenting. And where can our listeners get this book if they'd like to, to purchase it? You know, you can get any of my books wherever books are sold, but you can go on Amazon today. I think there's a sale. There's always a good sale on Amazon. There's always a sale on Amazon. <laughs> Great. Well, we, would you mind closing us out in prayer? Thank you so much for being with us, Lee. Oh, I love this place and I would love to pray. Heavenly Father, we just praise you and thank you for who you are and that your heart is for the generations. Lord, thank you that we partner with you. We co-labor with Jesus when we work in the lives of children. And I just pray for our friends that are listening, that you would give them wisdom and discernment to be able to see and identify the needs and also the strengths that are growing in the lives of the children that they serve and love. Father, thank you that your heart for them is greater than our heart. We don't need to freak out. We don't need to control. Our job is to point them to you who is ultimately in control. Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, would you grow faith inside of us? And Lord, we are praying that you would send sweeping spiritual revival into our schools, into our nation. Father, we long for the people around us to walk with Jesus. And Lord, don't miss our character. Help us to, Lord, pay attention to 
the weaknesses, character flaws that are inside of us, that we could actually model and image who you really are in the lives of the kids around us. So Father, I just commit my friends to you and Bible to school to you and ask for your hand of blessing and protection over them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Wow, there are just so many takeaways from this conversation. I love how Lee points out that everyone is interested in investing in the character of children, even unbelievers. And it starts with us in small ways, like calling out a good behavior or a thoughtful gesture that we catch a child in our life doing. So as we strive to point our children towards good character, let's remember, as Lee reminds us, we're co-laboring with Jesus. He's more invested in these kids than we are. And we have a limitless resource in power, knowledge, and creativity. All we need to do is seek Him. And His Word tells us in Jeremiah 29, 13, He promises we will find Him. So don't forget to check out our show notes today. Go to our website at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. Then click the podcast tab. You'll find Lee's website here too, where you can find the link to her newest book we discussed today, Countercultural Parenting. Wouldn't you say it's the perfect time to help reach your local public school with the message of Jesus? You can influence the character of the children in your life by bringing a Bible to school class to them. Your first step is to go to our website and fill out the Contact Us form. We'll reach out to you to get this discussion started. So just head over to BibleToSchool.com and click on Contact Us. We'll be so very happy to help you bring Jesus to your school district. So friends, please know that you are a courageous person of character just by daily walking with the Lord. Don't forget that. Yes, you can tell the children in your life about Jesus, and they will be changed by seeing your Christ-like character modeled. Well, that's a wrap for now. Join us next week as we hear from Michelle Niechert, mental health coach and host of the Raising Mentally Healthy Kids podcast. So until then, see you next time.